Well, I want to look in the camera and welcome all of you to Radiant Life. My name is Ryan. I'm the lead pastor and a little different set change here this morning. We got a bunch of people up on stage. So this entire series, basically what we're doing is we're entering into our summer teaching series titled SWAT, Spiritual Warfare and Tactics. And you're going to see a little interaction happen throughout this entire series here. And we're going to ask you to interact at home. And if you're watching with a group of people, you can interact that way. And if you are watching alone, you can interact with yourself. That works as well. And no one will judge you because there's no one around to judge you. So it's great. It's a win-win right there, all right? So, um, hey, like I said, we, what we like to do at Radiant Life is go into the summer and do a little longer series. These are, they're all tied together. The series will all be tied together, but in the midst of it, they can act as standalone messages as well. But um, we're going to jump right in. So if you got your Bible, if you got your phones, and all of you guys do because they're great prop stage on here, um, we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And we're going to look this morning at 10 through 18. And that's kind of where the entire, um, our entire series, SWAT, is going to land right here. So you're, going to, you're probably going to memorize it by the end of this entire teaching series. But I'm going to jump right in to see what it has. And as these guys are getting ready and tu- tuning in, let me, let me give you a little background of the book of Ephesians. Paul is actually in prison. Paul wrote this letter. Uh, Paul was actually a guy that hated Jesus but fell in love with Jesus, had an encounter with Jesus, all that great stuff. And in the midst of it, he's in prison uh, seeing a Roman soldier every single day. And he is getting this idea of a battle, a spiritual battle that happens and what we're supposed to put on as followers of Jesus every single day. So this gives you a little hindsight. Remember, he's in prison. He's seen a Roman soldier the entire time. So let's jump in. Verses 10 through 11, read this way. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. But for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And now Paul's going to give us the list of what this armor of God is supposed to, what we're supposed to put on. What does this armor of God look like? And he begins this way. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which is, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests and with this in mind. And be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, I love that. That's exactly what we're going to do in this series is we're going to unpack every single week a different piece of armor that you guys and you guys that we're all going to put on in our journey, in our walk with Jesus Christ. Now, this week is kind of the setup week 
for the rest of the weeks, and then next week I'm going to unpack the first. And we're going to go in order with the equipment. The belts first is the reason why Paul wrote the belt first, and we'll get into that next week. But um, we really want to just be there. But I know for a lot of us, we may think of spiritual warfare, and you may be thinking of, I don't know what comes up to mind. Maybe for your mind on the camera, you guys think of spooky things when you think spiritual warfare. Uh, You may think demons in heads spinning around. And maybe exorcists and exorcisms happening when you think spiritual warfare. Um, I want to promise you this. If you hang with us for the next nine weeks, it won't be scary. I promise you that. Um, And I promise you that we won't be uh, performing exorcisms on your neighbors. We're not going to ask you to do that. Or handle snakes. We're not. Maybe week five we'll handle snakes. I don't know. But... Uh, who knows? But we're not going to do anything crazy. We want to get very biblical and understand what Paul is writing to us, that there is a spiritual war happening, and we need to be prepared. So let me pray, and we're going to jump in this morning. Heavenly Father, would you just open our hearts and minds to what you have to say? God, there's a reason why you inspired Paul to write this, that we are to put on the full armor of God. And it's interesting that over and over what we just read, Paul writes the full armor, the full armor. We may have a tendency to only put on certain pieces every day. So God, would you help us understand why Paul wrote this in the first place? Help us to understand the battle that's raging around us and help us to understand why you said these pieces and how they can help us in everyday life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, hey, I don't know what comes to your mind when you guys think of playground, but this is what I'm going to do, a little interactive piece. Turn to your neighbor, and if you're online, turn to someone around you. If you're alone, just think about it alone. What was your favorite piece of equipment on a playground? Think of a playground. What's your favorite? Ready? Take 23 seconds. Go. Okay, that was quicker than 23 seconds on stage, but if you're still there online, keep going. Like, keep Now, I'm going to ask you guys on stage, be honest, how many of you just, you don't even go to a playground? Anyone? (laughs) We got one. I don't know about you guys at home who loves them or not, but uh, I remember growing up as a kid, going down to the playground. Maybe you guys can relate to this. Uh, You get on the swings, and as a kid, what do you think you can do on the swings? Go all the way around. Right? You think as a kid, when you got on that playground, I can take this swing and I'm going to go around the entire thing, right? Some of us. And then I, I would try it and you realize you can never do that. And then you get bored swinging. And I would, back in uh, the 80s when I was growing up, they had metal slides. Some of you may remember the metal slides. Um, and they had metal slides and it would be in the middle of summer it would be 93 degrees, and you were a kid, and you tried going down this metal slide. And it was fun, but it burned you the entire way down. It was awful, but it was fun. You were a kid. You didn't care, right? And then you got back on the swing to see if you could flip over all over again. But as a kid, if you think about it, as a kid, playgrounds are fun. Kids love playgrounds. And here's the thing about our life and our walk with Christ, that the Christian life is not a playground, but a battleground. It's a battleground. We have stuff happening all around us all the time, and if you follow Jesus, you got a target on you. You have a target on your back. 
There's an enemy of your soul that wants to destroy you. It's a battleground. And that's what Paul's writing in this letter to the churches um, in Ephesus and to us today, realizing in this moment that, hey, there is something happening. There's something greater than just the physical world that you and I see. In fact, I think what Paul's also writing is, is what you see is not all there is. There's a spiritual realm around us. Angels, demons, principalities that we don't get to see. And I think I've always asked the question, I like to ask this question. I like to ask for those of us who are parents here. So uh, one on this side, three on this side. Um, If for a moment God would allow you to see the spiritual realm around your kids, would you take it? five-second glimpse into the spiritual realm, the fight, the whatever, the principalities, the whatever surrounding them, would you take God up on that offer? I don't know if I would. I think for some of us, there's, there's a reason why God has protected us from seeing the spiritual realm. But Paul is very evident in this entire letter that there is a spiritual battle happening. We see the physical world We don't always get a glimpse into the spiritual world, the battle that's happening around us. And I love what Paul says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. In other words, the devil has schemes against you. It's happening around us. And then he goes on. For our struggle, everyone say struggle. Yes, I I love bringing people back and having interaction. All right, for our struggle is not, get this, is not against flesh and blood. Listen, the struggle that's happening right now in our nation is not against flesh and blood. It is deeper. The struggle in your relationships is not against my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my husband or my spouse or against your kids or against your boss or your coworker. There is a deeper level of influence that's happening. He says, here it is. Your struggle, though, is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, here's what I love about this. This word struggle is. The struggle, the word struggle in the Greek, because this was originally written in Greek, um, it actually means to wrestle. And I don't know about you, but I grew up when wrestling was actually really awesome, right? Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior there. That, that's what Paul's writing to them, and in, in a sense, literally saying, hey, what we're wrestling with in the spiritual realm, it's a wrestling match. They're out to get you. Now, I chose this picture because uh, uh, for those of you that grew up in the at least 80s and maybe a little bit of 90s, did you like Hulk Hogan or Ultimate Warrior better? You like Hulk Hogan? What about Hulk Hogan? Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, what about, yeah, I, that, that's the only reason why I chose this picture, because Ultimate Warrior is actually knocking Hulk Hogan out of the ring, and I was an Ultimate Warrior fan, so there you go, because he was very, he had these wild boots, but anyways, here's the thing though, the devil's scheming against you, he's out to do this to you, so I want to encourage you, if you take notes, now's the time to really take notes, and you're going to want to take notes this entire series, you're going to want to, we're going to unpack so much with you over the next nine weeks, And here's the first thing. I want to teach us four ways of these devil schemes. What does the devil do to knock us out of the ring? 
because there are principalities, rulers, authorities in the heavenly realms that are evil trying to do this to you. So here's the first. Number one, he blinds the minds of unbelievers. We sing that song. JB, what's that song? Here I surrender. Yeah, here I surrender. Here I surrender. I ask you the question and I knew the answer to. I was actually shocked. Um, here I surrender, and it, it has that line in it. Now I can see you. Now I can know you. Now my heart has a song to sing. Thank you. This is why I brought the worship team up so they can help me. Now I can see you. Now I can know you. For my heart has a song to sing. There's a reason why that church that did and produced that song did it because it was all based on this idea that he blinds the minds of unbelievers. And it's all based on 2 Corinthians 4.4. This is what it says. The God, everyone say the God. God. Notice little G God. Meaning no power. Little The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. In other words, there is something there that's blinding unbelievers. Whatever it is that there is an enemy of our souls that has blinded the mind of unbelievers. This is a prayer that I pray every morning for my oikos. It's my sphere of influence. I have friends, I have family members, I have acquaintances, I've got coworkers. What I mean by coworkers is not you guys that work with me, because hopefully you all are saved. Um, but uh, like coworkers, I, I, I coach here and there, so that's what I mean by coworkers. I have neighbors that I pray for. And the way I wrap up that entire prayer is I pray this God, whatever evil is blinding them, would you remove it like scales so they can see you and know you? The enemy is attacking us, the unbelievers. By whatever it is, we don't know, but blinding their mind so they cannot see who God is. That's number one. Number two is this. He steals God's word from you. Whew, and we're going to get into who actually the devil is and Satan next week because uh, yeah, I'm so excited about next week. But I, I got to give you this verse. This verse found in Matthew. This is what Jesus te- says. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom, for into the kingdom of God, and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches it away, what was sown in his heart. So in other words, um, Ian, will you hold that? So pretend I'm a, don't pretend, I am a pastor. I'm bringing the message to you um, about the kingdom of God, and you're going to receive it. Caleb, snatch it. Let's do this again. Snatch it, Caleb, to you. Boom! That was good. That's the illustration that Jesus is telling us. He will never understand it because there's someone there, thank you, that will always snatch it away. He's there to snatch it away. We have to understand that he will steal God's word from you. He'll steal it. Think about this. For some of us, we are so stressed out with high anxiety, with everything, because we watch the news. Some of us, to be honest, we've had the peace of God. Maybe we start our mornings out in quiet time. We're having a good time with Jesus. And man, you've got the peace of God. And what happens as soon as you turn on the news? That peace is gone and you've got anxiety and stress. It's a snatching of the way. It's a snatching of God's word. We allowed this news, whether you watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever else is out there, they're going to tell you their side. And it steals it. Here's the third. He sets traps to ensnare you. I don't know about you, I I like traps. Um, Especially against little rodents, I can't stand. Like that, those are the best traps. 
But I want to tell you what Paul writes to little Timothy. Timothy's a pastor. This is what he says in 2 Timothy 2.26. And that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. I, I love, I love uh, yard work. You guys love yard work? Kind of. No. Absolutely. So one out of maybe you guys love two of you. And no. Okay. Uh, who does your yard at home? You do, and you don't like it. Awesome. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> um, I, I love yard work, and uh, right now I have a nasty mole in my yard. And if you love yard, oh my gosh, that thing is driving me nuts. You know what I'm going to do to it? <laughs> Close your ears if you love moles. I'm going to set a trap, and that thing will get out of my yard. Right? The mole comes and he's digging up all my grass. It's going to die. I got to go out and I'm stomping his trails down. And the next day there's more and more. I'm putting a trap out. I got to get rid of this thing. I'm going to set a trap. And that's exactly what the devil does to many of us. He knows where he's going to trap you, trip you up. He's going to ensnare you. And there's traps set. Here's the last thing. He plans to destroy you. Now, you may be thinking, Ryan, that's a little harsh. It's reality. If you, I'm going I'm I'm to be honest here. If you follow Jesus, you ought to have spiritual attack in your life. And that may scare people. You ought to have a big target. If you don't, you kind of, I, I, would, I would really question, am I truly in God's will right now? If I'm not under attack. Here's what First Peter, here's what Peter says. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to what, friends? Wow. Whew, look at that strong language. Devour. Here's what I want you to know. What does Peter write the devil like? The devil is like a lion. You know what else is like a lion? Cats. Cats could be, in fact, from the devil. So sorry, cat people. It's just a relation. <laughs> just a relation. How many of you are dogs? Dog lovers? Dog lovers? How many of you just, you don't even care for animals? You're just, I don't care. Any? All right. Maybe at home. Sorry. I have two cats. I'm sorry. They're not my choosing to have two cats. I will say that. They're not my choosing. Um, but we have to know he's, he's looking around. He's looking to devour, to absolutely put you in a destructive cycle of sin in your life. Because the Christian life is not a playground, but a battleground. And so I'm just trying to set up this series to understand that there's an enemy of our soul and it's real. I want to end with two things. Two things on the opposite side. We got to know a little bit of the devil's schemes and what he's up to. And again, next week we'll dive in a deeper of what Jesus actually tells us who Satan is, and we'll dive into that in truth. But I want to come on this angle now and just really talk about two things that we can hang our hat on when it comes to the spiritual realm and the warfare that's happening around us. Number one is this. We have to understand that Satan is, is God's enemy, but not as equal. Satan is God's enemy, but he is not as equal understand that Satan is not the counterpart to Jesus. Only Jesus is omni, omnipresent. What that means is Jesus is everywhere. The devil is not everywhere. He doesn't have that power. But Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is, um, um, uh, what's the other one? Um, omnip, omnipotent, omnipotent, which means Jesus is all-powerful. The devil is not. 
And I'm, uh, what's the other one? Omniscient. Omniscient means that Jesus, God is all-knowing, and the devil is not all-knowing. We have to understand that Satan is God's enemy. He's your enemy. He's my enemy if you follow Jesus, but he is not his equal. And here's the last thing. That God gives you his own weapons. We don't have to worry running around life trying to figure out like, man, I'm getting attacked. It's this temptation. What, what, what should I do? In my, what, what, should, what should I do? What should I grab over here? Look, look, at, look at it again. Look at what Paul, Paul writes. Therefore, put on the full armor of, of who? Of God. It's there. If you follow Jesus, the armor is there. But Paul's just reminding us, you got to put it on now. Not just a piece of it, the full armor of God. It's his weapons for you and for me. So that, why do we want? When the day of evil comes, when temptation comes, when that idea of sinning comes into our lives, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. And I love in Corinthians, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have I'm going to say last time, two words with me. Ready? Divine power to demolish strongholds. The power you guys, you and I have with the armor of God, it's divine. It's power that Satan does not have. And it's power available to you and to me. And that's where we're going to take this series. We're going to take this series down that road of understanding what are all these weapons what are those seven, eight weapons that Paul talks about? How do you and I apply them to every day? What does it look like to put on the belt of truth and go to work? What does it look like to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Why do I even need it? What does it look like to put it on and go to school and hang out with my family? What does it look like to put on the helmet of salvation? What does it look like to have the feet fitted for the readiness of the gospel of peace. What does that even mean? How can I put it on when I'm in my car driving to go shopping at a store? What does that mean? But the beauty of what Paul's getting at is there's divine power in these weapons. And it's nothing that you and I have to do on our own. It's there. And I want to close with this reminder that we don't fight for victory. Let this sit in as we kick off this series. We don't fight for victory. Victory's already won, friends. Jesus has defeated sin. He's defeated death. And he, listen, the devil already has a defeat sentence. It's done. We fight from victory. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. And I want to close with this, John's letter, 1 John. It's incredible, and I want us to really hone in on this verse together as we kick off the series and understand that there is a spiritual realm battling around us, and we're to suit up. It says this, I'm going to read it from the screen over here. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Because the one who is in you, the one who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So friends, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. And over the next nine weeks, we'll put on, learn to put on this armor and fight the spiritual battle every day. But we launched into this song last week. 
Brand new songs called See a Victory. And I'm gonna ask wherever you are right now, will you stand? And understand that as you stand, we're fighting from victory. Jesus has already done it for you, for me. The weapon's gonna be formed. The enemy of your soul is gonna wanna attack you. But it's not gonna prosper if we put on the full armor of God.